This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Greg Gordon, board-certified internist and psychiatrist. Five years ago yesterday, Hurricane Katrina made landfall on Mississippi's Gulf Coast, forever changing many lives. Today, we'll remember Katrina and look back on how Mississippi has recovered. We'll also help you know how to handle the stress that can come during and after any disaster. Joining us today is Dr. Marty Allen from the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. If you have questions or comments, the number to call is 877-MPB-RING, which is 877-672-7464. You're listening to Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio, all things Mississippi. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Greg Gordon, a board-certified internist and psychiatrist. And with us today is Dr. Marty Allen, clinical services liaison for the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. Today we're going to be talking about stress during and after disasters and also remembering the five-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. We always have lines open at the beginning of the show, so if you'd like to participate, now would be a good time to give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring which is 877 877- Six seven two seven four six four, or you can always send us an email. the e- The email address is family at mpbonline dot org. Doctor Gordon, how are you doing this morning? Oh, good morning. Very good morning to you. I had a very nice weekend, and it's uh, you know it was a, a weekend filled with reminders that it's now the five year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. And quite literally, I ended up doing this weekend what I did to relieve stress uh, during the hurricane. You know, the neighbors uh, actually one neighbor got a little upset with me because I was cutting my grass about the third day after Hurricane Katrina. And he said, you should be saving gasoline. Why are you doing this? And I, I said, it's just a good stress reliever for me. As a physician, I was able to you know, go down to the university. We went to the Coliseum. I went to uh, Pine Lake where they were helping out uh, hosting a um, nursing home and was probably putting in about 12-hour days. But I really just felt like I needed to do something as straightforward as cut my grass. And as I was cutting the grass this weekend on Sunday, yesterday, literally, you know, the fifth five-year anniversary, I began to think just how much has changed and how things haven't changed in the last five years. Our guest, as I mentioned, is Dr. Marty Allen, clinical services liaison at the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. Dr. Allen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, what sorts of uh, efforts have, and I imagine they've been the major, but uh, give us an idea, if you will, in the last five years, how the Department of Mental Health has been active on the Gulf Coast, helping people, uh, first the stress of the hurricane, and also now just deal with the ongoing stress of basically having to start from scratch, rebuild their lives. Right. The Department of Mental Health, uh, soon after the hurricane, received federal funds, uh, multi-million dollar funds, to go and help uh, with the recovery. We had a project called Project Recovery. We hired uh, local individuals on the coast to do crisis counseling, to go door-to-door to help um help people find the resources that they needed. That went on for a year, a little over a year, and then we added a second component to it, and it was more intensive therapy. We had licensed uh, master's level therapists go into the homes and actually do some short-term therapy. Mm. We had resource counselors go into the home and actually help by picking up the phone and making those phone calls because at that point, some people were still so traumatized. Mm -hmm. They could not sit on hold for the 20 minutes, 30 Mm -hmm. minutes and, and go through the process of finding the resources that they needed. So both programs ran for a a little over a year and a half. Since that time, we've used some of the funds to do some training, evidence-based practice, uh, teaching therapists more about Mm -hmm. trauma-focused cognitive behavioral Mm -hmm. therapy. And it does change. uh, uh, Trauma does change how you think about life and, and deal with life. And so we've used those funds in a very positive way. We've also uh, done training around suicide prevention, which has been very effective. 
And I guess for some of us uh, that live not in the exact area where the hurricane hit along, hit along the Gulf Coast, maybe some of us think, gosh, it's been five years, you know, time to move on. And, and I think a lot of us maybe that weren't really greatly impacted remember it but have kind of moved on. But I guess for those that live on the Gulf Coast that were affected by the hurricane that are living through the rebuilding, there are still tangible signs, empty lots, places that weren't brought back together, you know, of, of the disaster. So I guess, does that make it a little bit more of a challenge for these folks to be able to move, I mean, move on because there's constantly reminding of, of what happened? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can put that in your own life. If you had a car wreck, every time you pass that place that it happened uh, for years, you, you relive it. And so the people on the coast are reliving it. Uh, they're having to see the signs of it. They know uh, the losses that they had, sometimes uh, loss of family members, their home, their job. And um, so as things go along and the economy now has hurt them, and now with the oil spill, mm-hmm. it's just one mm-hmm. hit after another. So those scars are there, and yes, they they do resurface. We're talking today on Relatively Speaking with Dr. Marty Allen from the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. We're uh, commemorating the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which was yesterday. But we're also, in a general way, talking about the stress uh, during and uh, before and after disasters and how maybe to deal with that. If you have uh, some comments or questions, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. If you're maybe if you get nervous around this time of year because of the potential of another disaster, another hurricane or a tornado or those sorts of things, and we're looking for some help, we might be able to give you some tips that uh, you could use to alleviate the stress. Uh, And so if you would, just give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Also, if you have some memories of Katrina, if you would be willing to call those up or call us up and share those with us, uh, we would appreciate that. And uh, Dr. Allen and maybe Dr. Gordon could comment on this as well. But, you know, when we ask for folks to, to, to bring up their memories, is that from a mental health standpoint, is it a good idea to sort of relive the things, maybe not vividly, but sort of to share your memories, share your experiences with other people? Does that sometimes help in some sort of healing effort? It can be very helpful uh, to talk about it and talk about how you dealt with it and how you're moving forward. It is not healthy when you dwell on it constantly, Mm -hmm. when you're not trying to think about it and you can't get the memories out of your head. That's very different than choosing to share how you how you dealt with something that's a good point you know i really strongly believe in the cognitive behavioral uh, therapy that's the majority of what i do in my outpatient practice and specifically trauma focused uh, cbt to look for people who've been through any sort of major trauma repetitive trauma and there are several ways that people process remember most people are pretty resilient they can get through traumas get through things um, their their basic temperament and basic skills uh, are very positive there are some people, though, you know, in the setting of an acute uh, situation <clears throat> with Hurricane Katrina, we had a uh, nursing home, the the wonderful church, Pine Lake. Um, I'm not a member, but it's a fantastic church. They had hosted uh, on an emergency basis um, a nursing home from the coast. And my wife heard about it, so she signed me up. I said, you know, it's not even my church. <laughs> but she said, no doctor has been there yet. Please go. Uh, and not only were there patients to see from the nursing home, but actually what we ended up doing was an impromptu for all the workers. These workers had left their family, their home, to safely evacuate um, their nursing home patients. You could see that uh, love and care, but they themselves were going through that. So initially right there, oh gosh, at about 11 o'clock at night, we did an informal group where we got together, actually two groups. We did two groups for about 45 minutes apiece. Where right in that immediate setting, we were talking, we were processing, they were saying out loud the things that they were holding inside, a good emotional expression. And there was that sense of joining together and bonding. You know, sometimes during the immediate trauma right after that, we go ahead and we process through those things. And that's one style of uh, therapy. You know, what happened? Tell me what you saw. What did you hear? What did you smell? What did you experience? Uh, And then later on, as we're starting to talk about recovery and healing, Cognitive behavioral therapy or in some cases insight-oriented therapy. But a lot of that depends upon the relationship. You need to be in a place where you feel safe. If you don't feel safe, then it's harder to work through those things um, than in a situation where you do have that safety of the of the relationship. And that's why having these counselors down there with skills and training, in addition to the, the use of the cognitive behavioral trauma focus, is is I think the best way to handle 
you know, a, a big population. It's one thing if I see inside-oriented therapy for one person who has uh, been through some type of abuse or some type of trauma. You know, but I might spend two years with them meeting once a week. So I can see one, pa- you know, I can see 40 patients. And like I've said before, I have a very small practice, probably less than 50 patients, my main practice at UMC. So what Dr. Allen is talking about is really cutting edge of what I think is some of the best ways of treating larger groups, populations, as opposed to one patient at a time. And, and Dr. Allen, I guess maybe from the, the, the first responder, the therapist, the folks that are down on the coast helping others deal with the stress and, 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 and trying to put the, uh, the, the stress of the, of the hurricane behind them. But I guess for the, for the health care provider, it, it becomes a problem as well that you need to, need to make sure that your own personal uh, stress levels and, and, and mental health stays in good condition. Absolutely. There's a relatively new diagnosis over the last, I don't know, you probably know. It's called compassion fatigue syndrome. And it's it's uh, a diagnosis for individuals who are doing that first-line uh, responder uh, work and those who go out and counselors who hear the stories every day, four and five and ten times mm-hmm. a day, and you just get burdened down uh, to the point that you feel uh, your own stress level uh, going up and you don't know how to deal with it and it's called compassion fatigue syndrome and we worked with our counselors who many of them had lost their homes mm-hmm. but uh, so they were dealing with their own personal loss but then listening to everyone else's and and we can't forget about the workers and those uh, people who came from Jackson and all over Mississippi mm-hmm. and nationwide that came down and and gave so much to the coast. We're talking with Dr. Marty Allen from the Mississippi Department of Mental Health on Relatively Speaking Today. We're uh, remembering Hurricane Katrina five years ago yesterday. The the uh, storm made landfall on Mississippi. And so we're talking about ways to deal with stress, both during, after, uh, and before um, a, um, a disaster such as Hurricane Katrina. If you have some comments, if you have a question for us, call us at 877-MPB-RING, which is 877-672-7464. What we'll do is take a break right now, but when we get back, we'll have more discussion on Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio, all things Mississippi. MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Greg Gordon. Today we're talking about stress during after, even before, uh, natural disasters and how to deal with that, ways to cope with uh, the stress of a trauma, uh, and also remembering the five-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which came ashore on Mississippi uh, yesterday, five years ago yesterday. If you have a question for us, a comment, if you'd like some uh, to, to share your experiences and memories of Hurricane Katrina, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. As we mentioned earlier in the program, sometimes just being able to share uh, some uh, traumatic uh, memories helps you uh, continue to deal with them and, and, and help you uh, relieve that or re- relieve that stress that uh, continues to haunt you if you uh, talk about some, some of those traumatic events uh, connected to the hurricane. So if it helps uh, for you to share what you went through, then please be, feel free to give us a call. 877-MPB-RING is the phone number. That's 877-672-7464. But also we're talking about disasters in general. So if there's a traumatic event that you're having trouble uh, dealing with, then we could certainly offer you some advice this morning. Uh, Dr. Allen, what uh, what are the ways that uh, this stress uh, from, from the hurricane and that sort of thing tends to manifest itself in, in people's behavior? In other words, if we were on the coast, would we be able to see maybe 
some types of behavior that we could sort of relate back to the the stress from the trauma? In general, yes. Uh, you when you go through a trauma, the stress is pretty evident uh, early on. After Hurricane Katrina, we saw people who could not sleep. They didn't eat right. They mm-hmm. had. Uh, visions of it they couldn't get it out of their mind they were hyper vigilant almost scared to go take a bath the water reminded them too much and those are normal reactions right after a trauma but if they linger for months and months and and if you're still seeing that now five years later uh definitely that is a major problem and ptsd should be diagnosed and treated um most of us uh, most of the individuals on the coast made a good recovery, and things are going well. And so just anniversary and uh, the hurricanes in the Gulf right now, there are triggers that bring it back up. And so you might have some problems sleeping and eating just short term, and that's okay. But it's usually when normal behavior becomes obsessive and uh, when it just overrides everything else and it interferes with your activities of daily living that it is uh, diagnosable and and it needs treatment so you're saying that uh, if something that triggers it like as we mentioned uh, well the anniversary as it were or, or if you go by a part of the coast where you remember uh, something horrible happening and and you're upset about that you're saying that's kind of normal but most of us can get over that it's it, when we really want to be concerned is that it, it begins to affect your daily life and, 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 and find yourself affected by it as you try to go about what you do. Exactly, yes. Uh, why don't we uh, take our phone call? Uh, we're uh, talking about uh, Hurricane Katrina, the stress uh, involved in that disaster, but also uh, the stress that comes with any traumatic event and, and ways to deal with it. We'll go to uh, Clarksdale. Jimbo's on the line. Uh, Jimbo says that you were in a car wreck. Tell us about how you're dealing with the stress involved in that. Well, I wanted to make a comment on Katrina. By the time it hit Jackson, where I was living, it was mm-hmm. had been downgraded to a cat too. So, you know, we were in the house. We didn't have any power, no telephone, but it wasn't all that stressful. But yeah, going back to the car accident, I have some photos of my car that somebody took in the junkyard of mm-hmm. a friend of mine, and just once in a while. I pull them out, and, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've coded it in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Sounds real and serious. once in a while, I pull those pictures out, and it's like, you know, I'm really lucky to be here. And it just, you know, it jogs my memory. That was 1984, so that's been, you know, 25, 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I still pull them out once in a while just to remind myself how lucky I am. So I put kind of a positive spin mm-hmm. on reliving a horrible event. I mean, you know, two trips to the hospital in total, I probably spent five, six days in ICU and God knows how many stitches I had and still have. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just you look at it and it's a memory and you're just thankful to be alive. All right. All right. Let y'all ramble about that a little for a second. All right, Jimbo. Uh, thanks for the call. And I, I guess that's a good uh, a good attitude. We try to we talked about that maybe as a reoccurring theme on our show a lot. Doctor Gordon is that to try to keep a positive attitude, but maybe sometimes easier said than done. No, well, you know, Jimbo. I guess it is twenty five, twenty six years down the road, and uh, clearly he's had a chance to process what he's doing now as sort of a then and now or comparison. You know, it, when you're able to compare your current situation and you've realized you worked through, made it through something, that helps with your sense of uh, mastery and success that, hey, I made it through this very challenging things. You know, for him to go back and just once or twice a year take a look at the photos and then be very thankful and appreciative to say, wow, I really faced death and I made it. And it, But it doesn't get to the point where he's getting caught. He's not describing uh, nightmares and flashbacks and I can't go outside. You know, he's, he's a good example of somebody who can successfully get through a trauma and then later back reflect. And then, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll help him to really appreciate today's, you know, today when he looked back and say, gosh, I could have died 26 years ago. So by comparison what I've been through to what I have today, it's a good way of saying, look, life ain't that bad. Before I think about, you know, what I don't have, let me think what I do have. And it's a very positive way of, of thinking at and looking at things. 
We're on Relatively Speaking today, talking with Dr. Marty Allen from the Mississippi Department of Mental Health as we uh, talk about stress that occurs in and around traumatic events and natural disasters. We're also remembering the fifth year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina that came ashore uh, five years ago yesterday. Dr. Allen, so if you so uh, so someone identifies or someone goes into help that is having a lot of stress, they come in and they say, you know, I, I've tried, but I still find myself at night worrying, sleeping, tossing and turning, thinking about the hurricane season, that sort of thing. How can you go about for, as a mental health professional to to try to help that person and to ease that stress? What are some of the things that you can try to help that person with? Well, when you go in and you identify what the stressors are and and you're there to deal with them. That's what the therapist is trained to do. Many years of training has taught them how to take those behaviors, their thoughts, their feelings, and sort it out and talk to them about the messages they are telling themselves uh, on a daily basis because our thoughts drive our feelings if we're sad or mad or happy. It's based on the thoughts that we're having. And then our thoughts and feelings drive our behavior. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to go to work because because you're too overwrought with with the fear of something happening or the images of, of past events. So the the focus is on the behavior, getting them back into um, life, and the therapist is trying to do that. It's very hard um, when you're in that situation to do it yourself. You can go to groups. You can go to uh, support things. You can turn to your faith. But... When it persists, then uh, it's okay to have a therapist. You have a dentist. You have a, you know, mm-hmm. tax uh, counselor. You know, so who's your therapist? That's a good thing to <laughs> to have. So uh, that's what they're trying to do, and and we're very proud of the. Uh, professionals that we have in Mississippi, and they do a very good job. So, Dr. Gordon, I guess maybe from from the therapist or the, the mental health professional point of view, is uh, the, the information is all there. It's just maybe s- sort of like helping someone put a puzzle piece together. You're kind of helping them sift through the information and, and, and possibly interpret it correctly or, or work it a ways to where they can get through their daily, their daily lives? Well, each patient is going to be treated you know, sort of individually, even within a group. Yeah, each member of the group tends to fall into certain roles. There's the leaders, there's the scapegoats, there's the peacemakers. We They tend to fall into these certain roles. And what I like about cognitive behavioral therapy is it, it, it sets some basic uh, general rules that you can use, uh, techniques you can use with patients that you individualize. You know, uh, some people may find certain activities more stressful than others, and you can do, um, you know, grading. You start at the least stressful and work your way up to the big exposure. Uh, there's a variety of different things, and I like that about the cognitive behavioral therapy. And as Dr. Allen is pointing out, um, it's it's not exactly your best friend. These are licensed professional people with a great deal of experience and training <clears throat> in these areas and fields. So it, it is in a way sort of like putting a piece of the puzzle back together and helping them. The, the challenge is as though I don't want my patient to become dependent on me to solve their problems. I'm trying to teach them skills so that they can learn how to, to adapt and take care of their own environment, their own stressful situations. And so a lot of times we start on things which are real straightforward. And then from there, they learn these skills that they can apply to other areas. Because what Dr. Allen's saying, I totally agree. You know, our feelings influence our thoughts. Our thoughts influence our behavior, our feelings, and our feelings influence our behavior. It's like the tire rolling. You know, one impacts the other, and it has this feedback. When you're doing positive things, that tends to leave the positive thoughts, self-esteem, and more positive behavior. But you can see people roll downhill in a very negative way in minutes, minutes. Uh, what I call seemingly unimportant decisions. You know, um, maybe if you're not ready to go past that place where you had the car, where Jimbo had the car accident, or go back where your house used to be, then the seemingly uh, unimportant decision to drive by there might lead to a whole series of flooding of emotions. But with each and every patient, we tend to be individual, even if it's a big group. Even if it's a big group, like I said, I did. There was 18 or 19 uh, people there at that nursing home. So late on that, I guess it was probably Wednesday night when I was out there with the resident. You know, we were, we had nine, ten people in that group, and there were some people who wanted to be vocal, some who wanted to cry. And the thing about it is in that type of situation, you're very non-judgmental. Whatever comes out is okay. If it's anger, if it's fear, if it's a worry, whatever comes out, you know, we're ready to deal with that. And that's what I'm hearing from Dr. Allen, the folks down there at the community on that level. 
are ready to help. The counselors there are uh, ready to, for people to come on walking in. Uh, Dr. Allen, I was wondering, uh, are there critical areas of need down there on the coast? Um, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, other other people, other professionals? We do have a, a need for more psychiatrists and uh, psychologists. We have a, a good uh, group of master's level therapists, uh, but the doctoral level psychologists and then the um, medical physicians uh, that are psychiatrists, we need those. But that, that need is all over the state. True, very so, true. Um, we're on Relatively Speaking today, talking with Dr. Marty Allen from the uh, Mississippi Department of Mental Health. We're talking about the stress that occurs uh, before, during, and after a natural disaster or other traumatic event, and also remembering the fifth year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which came ashore on uh, to Mississippi uh, five years ago yesterday. Again, if you have some memories that you'd like to share with us, we would encourage you to give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. What about uh, children, Dr. Allen? Do they tend to have an easier or harder time uh, with, uh, with, with trauma, with disasters like this, or is it, again, sort of dependent on, on the individual? Well, everything is individual, but uh, we like to think children are very resilient, and they are in many ways. Uh, they jump back in. They were going to school and laughing and playing, but the trauma, the, the scars are there. And there was a recent study, which was pretty disturbing, uh, uh, that indicated that children on the Gulf Coast and Louisiana, that around 38% of those children who were displaced for maybe a couple of months are still showing signs of uh, anxiety and depression. And that's way above what uh, the national average is. So we are actually with the oil spill, we have gotten, the department has been awarded $12 million, and mm. I think that money is going to be so helpful, uh, designated for oil spill activities, but the same people are being affected that were affected from Katrina, and I think we will be focusing on teaching resilience skills, mm-hmm. helping children understand how to go through adversities in life and then bounce back, and being positive about yourself like Uh, The doctor was saying, having a positive attitude, finding your strength, learning to communicate your feelings, even mad is okay, sad is okay. How you deal with those feelings is what comes uh, to be disturbing at times. The department has a suicide hotline. We're uh, part of the national suicide hotline. Uh, We have a helpline, which is operating 24-7 that can help you get the resources you need. Our website directs you to the mental health centers in that area. So the resources are there. We just really ask the people to tap into them and acknowledge that they need some assistance. So the helpline, which we'll give the number out in just a moment, you said that that's uh, pretty much a way for folks to find resources. Uh, I need to I need to speak to someone. I'm looking for a therapist. I would call this number, and and someone would be able to maybe direct someone in my area or whatever. Yes, yes. The helpline uh, is the resource center for the whole state. We get more calls from the Gulf Coast area, mm-hmm. many more calls uh, than any other area, and that just shows the suffering is still there. Uh, But the helpline staff is there 24-7, and they know the resources that are available in the state and can guide you to it. And as we go to break, I'll give that number, which we'll repeat before the end of the show. But the helpline for the Mississippi Department of Mental Health, 877-210-8513. One Relatively Speaking, talking with Dr. Marty Allen from the Department of Mental Health. Uh, We're talking about stress that uh, occurs in and around natural disasters and other traumatic events and also remembering the fifth year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. We'll be back with more after this break. an MPB Think Radio Radio podcast, mpbonline.org. 
MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Fair with Dr. Greg Gordon. And our guest this morning is Dr. Marty Allen. She's the Clinical Services Liaison for the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. Sort of a two-pronged focus of our show today. First, we're commemorating the fifth-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, one day ago, uh, five, five years ago yesterday, the storm came ashore. We're also talking in general about uh, stress that's involved, both uh, bo- d- before, during, and after a natural disaster or other traumatic event. And we're talking with ways uh, maybe that uh, you can help uh, deal with that stress and continue to be move along and and uh, lead your daily life. Uh, if you have uh, a question or a comment, and again, we're looking for if you have some memories of Hurricane Katrina, maybe how you dealt with the stress uh, and would like to share that with us, we would certainly appreciate that. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. But again, if you're still dealing with stress from Hurricane Katrina or, you know, we had a number of tornadoes that came through mm-hmm. Mississippi this spring. Uh, we had a caller from someone who was involved in a car accident. So if there's any sort of traumatic event that you've had trouble dealing with or getting over, if you would call us, we might be able to offer you some tips and advice on ways to uh, to make that a less stressful memory for you. Again, the number is 877-MPB-RING, which is 877-672-7464. Our email address is family at mpbonline.org. Uh, Dr. Allen, when we talked about sort of dealing or recognizing stress in other people, uh, and I guess this would apply for children as well, there's the normal stresses that we have, and so people have a bad day and you're in a bad mood, not feeling well, a little bit depressed, but I guess when you really need to start paying attention and, and try to go searching for some assistance is when those things become regular behaviors or when they, again, start to interfere with, with someone's daily life, what they're trying to do in the course of their daily lives. Exactly. Uh, there's good stress and bad stress. Uh, a wedding, well, that could go good or bad, but, uh, you know, happy events, a birth of a baby, uh, a new job, a new home, those are all stressors. Uh, it does, your hormones change, mm-hmm. your, your neurotransmitters, how mm-hmm. you deal with life, it all changes. Uh, so no matter if it's good or bad stress, it can affect you. And how you deal with it is an individual thing, but there are some general ways to deal with stress, relaxation and meditation and focusing and then trying to find positive uh, parts of the stress. But uh, dealing with stress is very important, and when you don't deal with stress, it affects the rest of your life. Your health can be affected. Uh, Your relationships, your job, your um, ability to concentrate, and all of those things together really do indicate that you need to see a mental health professional, just as when there are health indicators about diabetes or any Mm -hmm. other health problem. uh, This is a problem of the mind. It's a brain disorder, and you need to take care of that just like you would any other health issue. And I imagine that the parents could maybe be the first line of defense, as it were, against uh, kind of helping their children deal with stress. And uh, what would be maybe some ways uh, that parents could first kind of intervene or, or get involved that maybe would help their children continue to deal with some of the things that they're feeling in the aftermath of a hurricane or something? Well, you have to remember that these parents went through the trauma mm-hmm. themselves. So sometimes it's very difficult for them to uh, look beyond their own uh, trauma and see it in their children. And they may think they've protected their children, and so the child is okay. But when children have behavior problems, learning problems, uh, seem to be very mad all the time or sad, uh, hyperactivity, all of the normal behaviors that children exhibit, but in excess, then it's a good time to talk to school counselors, uh, school psychologists, going to the mental health center. The mental health centers on the coast and all over the state have an array of services, day treatment programs, group therapy programs, individual, uh, family, uh, case management, all of those are available, and to not take advantage of it is is doing a disservice to your child. You know, Dr. Gordon, one of the things, again, sort of one of our recurring themes on the show is the idea that uh, open communication between parents mm-hmm. and children to kind of know what's going on. But I guess a, a parent in this situation that's living with their family and their kids have been through a stress concerned with a disaster or other sort of trauma, it's really, I guess, even more important to keep those good communication lines open so that you can maybe see some of the early warning signs of a, of a child that's, that's dealing with too much stress or is not dealing successfully with stress. 
Oh, I think that's a good example. In particular, how you know the parent themselves has been through the same trauma. You know how children respond to stress has a lot to do how their parents respond to it. If the parent is overwhelmed and distressed, that's going to be shared <clears throat> with the children. You know, sometimes parents try to protect the kids, which means they don't tell them what's going on. And many times that leads to more anxiety, a sense of insecurity and difficulties with the child, which then can lead to our behavioral problems. You know, I, I try to also encourage, too, in addition to when we see impairment, that you don't have to wait to see a specialist until there's significant impairment. You know, sometimes people have the loss of pleasure in life. Um, they don't have a sense of my future or they feel kind of hopeless but it may not manifest in behavioral disturbances or uh, difficulties. And it's okay to come to the counselors and therapists for these things before they impact, before they have an adverse effect on function. You know, grades, behavior, relationships, work, other important social aspects of that. For the parents, a lot of times in the setting of, you know, things like we saw going through Hurricane Katrina, getting back into a routine as, as quickly as possible. You know, first, safety. You have to make sure that you have as much safety as possible, and that may mean relocating or moving. And so you're bringing, you're taking your children away from their friends, their support system. They might be wondering what happened to their best friend. You know, it's hard to sleep when you don't know where your BFF is. Or, But um, getting into a routine, you know, as a parent, please avoid drugs or alcohol. Even though you may want to get numb, that leads to more of a sense of fear, insecurity, if you're using drugs in the setting of some uh, major stress. Um, for the children, making sure they're trying to get reasonable nutrition in, um, making sure they're trying to get uh, meals uh, as as reliably and predictably as possible. If possible, get them to bed at a regular sleep time and wake them up, trying to get back into as much of a regular pattern as things had been. You know, the kids got taken away from school, and so there's not exactly a lot you can do if, unless you're a teacher, but trying to focus on, you know, um, still doing activities uh, for the child. As much as you can get back into the normal routine, predictable, scheduled pattern, it does help children. Uh, I, I, I try to encourage don't rush for a pill. You know, don't look for a pill to solve everything today. You know, there's clearly times when medications are appropriate. But a lot of times there's straightforward things that parents can do which alleviate that stress. And talking is one of them. We've talked, you and I have talked about how at the dinner table we turn the TV off and we just say, hey, what's going on? That's a good time to listen. Uh, like uh, Dr. Allen was saying, you can get almost any emotion out of a child if we give them a chance to communicate that. It lets them uh, decompress, less steam, less anger, less intensity. So there's a lot of straightforward things. But it's like being a parent under the microscope. Not only do you have to uh, worry about taking care of your child, but you're taking care of yourself. And these natural disasters that we've seen happen one after the other after the other is a good example how stress can kind of um, stack up. You know, I, they made it through Hurricane Katrina and then came a huge financial uh, economic uh, recession, which had a significant impact on people's jobs, um, you know, Having a lot of money won't buy happiness, but not having enough money to take care of your basic needs leads to distress, uh, being distraught, and more problems. So we saw Hurricane Katrina, we saw the economic problems, and now further economic strain uh, with the Gulf Coast spill. Um, the Gulf Coast spill did not have any direct uh, relationship to Hurricane Katrina, but the people were already stressed out, mm -hmm. already worried. And so we're seeing a stacking up effect. And that's why um, uh, for Dr. Allen, you know, she points out time where those are the times definitely to get to see a therapist or a counselor or a doctor. But I would bet you only one out of four is actually getting the help that they need right now. I really like what you said about pills, not running out and getting pills. Uh, a friend of mine who is a psychologist says pills do not replace skills. Mm -hmm. And these children need skills, skills to uh, resilient skills, skills to deal with adversity, skills to make a plan and uh, carry out the plan and to focus. And, and there are times for pills, and you know that as well as I do, uh, that will help them be in a frame of mind so they can learn the skills. Mm -hmm. But I think teaching kids the skills necessary 
uh, is very important. And Dr. Allen, I would imagine that maybe in a situation like this, we've mentioned, you know, kids are not only the only ones that were under the stress. It was a, and it was something that affected the entire family. Maybe they lost their home, that sort of thing. So I would imagine if um, sort of a family counseling, a family therapy where mm-hmm. all members of the family can go in and maybe talk to a therapist about how they're feeling and that sort of thing would be especially helpful in this type of situation. Oh, yeah. There's all kind kind of combinations. Sometimes you need to see the child by themselves. And then with one parent, two parents, the whole family units. uh, And the therapists uh, know when to bring that uh, together and, and work with them. So in a way, uh, if it, with your child, I guess it would be sort of a game plan that you and the therapist could work out and of, of how to, you know, how to help your children uh, deal with it. But it could involve you again as parents eventually getting involved in, in, in having a group session, something along those lines. Uh, very often a uh, child problem is really a parent problem. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you work together. Ron, relatively speaking, our guest is Dr. Marty Allen. She's with the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. We've been talking about the stress that occurs in and around natural disasters and other traumatic events and positive ways to deal with that. We're also remembering the fifth year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina that came ashore five years ago yesterday. Let's go to the telephones. Here's a call from Biloxi. Bob has some thoughts about post-Katrina behavior on the coast. Bob, go ahead. Uh, although it's an oxymoron, happy Monday. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, I rode out the storm uh, in Biloxi, in West Biloxi, actually, at my mother, who turned 80 before the storm came ashore, is home. Uh, she lives a couple of blocks from me, and uh, our neighborhood is about 40 feet above sea level, so we weren't really concerned about water and since the homes had all been through Camille and mm-hmm. Elena and other storms, we were relatively confident uh, of those uh, factors. But um, I can recall about 8 o'clock the day Katrina came in, uh, watching on a battery-powered TV, analog, not digital, mm-hmm. uh, which does not work as well reliably in, in weather with antennas, but... Uh, Channel 13, our local station in West Biloxi, uh, made an announcement. Mike Reeder, who's the head weather guy there, uh, made a comment that they had just had a reliable and verified uh, report from East Biloxi that the water was already eight feet higher than it had been during Camille. And uh, for the first time in uh, my life, I'm 54 years old, and I remember Camille uh, thinking that um, the decision to stay might have been a mistake. Uh, it turned out the water would have had to come up about another 15 feet before it got to the front doorstep. Mm-hmm. But um, I observed, uh, and I don't mean to ramble, but just making some comments on uh, things y'all have touched on, I, I observed kind of peculiar behavior. Uh, in people post-Katrina, the day after, literally, in the the week after. uh, People couldn't stay off their cell phones. Mm -hmm. Uh, They kept pleading on the radio and the TV for people to only use their cell phones when absolutely necessary because most of the uh, antennas were running off batteries and the batteries were being rapidly depleted. Uh, to the point that uh, about, I think, four days, three days after, uh, they had to tell the central computer system to only allow uh, cell phone calls from emergency personnel to go. I remember uh, I remember, my mom and I were sitting out in the, what was left of the shade of a tree outside because there was no power and the house was pretty insufferable without air conditioning. And uh, a cousin of mine with three of her adult children and grandchildren uh, came up in a van, and they all emerged from the car, and they were all talking on their cell phones. And I had no clue. I'd heard the announcements to ask people to please only use them in emergencies. Uh, But all of a sudden, they all lost signals, and they couldn't get a dial tone. And I just kind of chuckled, and they asked me why I was laughing. I said, haven't you seen the announcements to uh, not excessively use your phones? They probably pulled the plug now, and you're not going to have the phones. Um, another, another observation was, uh, and this applied to some of our neighbors, unfortunately, 
uh, people just could not stay off the roads. Mm-hmm. And as they ran out of gas, uh, the thought hit them, or the reality dawned on them, that the gas stations that had survived and had gas had no power, so they could not buy any. Uh, so the the you know they were perplexed. You know, what am I supposed to do for gas? Uh, one of my mother's neighbors rode all the way up to uh, Jackson mm-hmm. to get gas mm-hmm. and came back. And uh, I said, well, you know, did you have a full tank before you went? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it was running out because we were riding around seeing things. And I just kind of scratched my head and thought, you know, what's the point? Uh, but, you know, from my small part, th- those were a couple of observations of what people did after Katrina. And uh, that didn't make too much sense. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the people on the coast, at least uh, I think I can say with some uh, credibility, are still stressed. Mm-hmm. But they're getting over it mm-hmm. and uh, trying too hard, trying too very hard. This oil spill thing didn't help much. Right. All right, Bob, uh, thanks for your call. we got to take a break. Uh, Bob sharing some of his thoughts on the post-Katrina behavior on the Gulf Coast. We are talking about the stress in and around natural disasters and other traumatic events and also remembering Hurricane Katrina that came ashore five years ago yesterday. We're looking for your phone calls, your thoughts and comments, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. We'll be back after this break to wrap our discussion up. MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And you're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon and our guest today, Dr. Marty Allen. She's the clinical services liaison with the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. We've been talking about the stress involved in and around natural disasters or other traumatic events and ways that you can deal with that. We've also been remembering the fifth year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina that came ashore five years ago yesterday. Uh, we've been talking about the some of the stress and the facts that people are still dealing with some things, uh, Dr. Allen, but we've also pointed out that there is help down there, and we'd like to repeat a couple of numbers or actually give out a couple of numbers. One is the helpline, and you mentioned that a helpline is there available if someone is down in the Gulf Coast area looking for a specific service that would help them deal with uh, with stress caused by Hurricane Katrina or some other natural disasters, the oil spill, that sort of thing. Uh, this is a number that they can go and say, hey, I need help. And then that would find them for maybe a psychiatrist, a therapist, those sorts of things. It's 877-210-8513. And you said that that uh, line is staffed 24-7. Is that correct? Yes, yes. It's a state uh, helpline. Anyone in the state can use it, and we can uh, point you in the right direction for resources wherever you live. Okay, very good. We're talking specifically about Hurricane Katrina this morning, but uh, good to point out that this is statewide, and so anywhere you are in the state of Mississippi dealing with some stress. We mentioned there have been other traumatic events uh, in Mississippi this year. We I thought, I thought uh, first about the, the uh, numerous uh, tornadoes that came through the state in, in April. Uh, the, as we've mentioned a couple of times, the oil spill and f- f- folks dealing with that. And, and even just maybe some stress of being here in hurricane season. Again, the helpline for the Mississippi Department of Mental Health, 877-210-8513. There's also a suicide hotline. That's 800-273-TALK, which is 800-273-8255. Dr. Allen, if you could tell us, is that if, if you, if obviously, if you if you think they are feeling like you would like to end your life, but also if, if you have a friend, is is that a useful number to call? What what should people? How should people benefit from that number? Yes, we would welcome you calling, whether it's yourself or someone you know that um, may be considering suicide, having suicidal thoughts, someone who has totally lost uh, all their hope. That seems to be a hallmark of feeling like you want to end your life, and end the pain is usually what it is. And those individuals that staff that line are qualified to work with you 
in that crisis and then help you find the resources that you need. And as we mentioned, I think off air, that's uh, that's part of a national suicide hotline. So those are uh, people trained specifically for that uh, for suicide prevention. And as you mentioned, maybe both to help you through that, but again, to not only get get you over the initial incident, but say, here is where you could go to get some more help as well. Right. They are trained in suicide prevention and they know how to connect with the person, listen to the reasons why they want to die. And in listening, you're listening for reasons why they might need to live and want to live and then trying to connect them with the right resource. They don't do therapy over the phone, but they Mm -hmm. help you. They will listen as long as you need to talk about it. And we've only got about 30 seconds left, so if you could kind of give me a brief answer. But is part of the problem still a stigma attached to to mental health and and, and seeking uh, uh, assistance from mental health professionals? Unfortunately, yes. We have some programs trying to address that. But uh, stigma is still a problem. And I guess the bottom line might be if you're feeling some sort of stress or out of sorts due to any of these natural disasters or traumatic events, you're not alone. That's sort of that's kind of a natural human defense to those sorts of things, I would think. But there is help out there available for you to get over that and to continue uh, leading a productive life. So we would encourage folks uh, in that situation to go ahead and take advantage of the resources. And let me repeat the numbers for the general helpline, the, the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. It's 877 877- 210-8513 and the suicide prevention hotline 800-273-8255. Relatively Speaking is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our producer is Ezra Wall. For Dr. Greg Gordon, I'm Kevin Farrell. Thanking Dr. Marty Allen for joining us this morning and ask that you listen to Money Talks tomorrow at 9 and hope that you'll be with us next Monday at 9 for another Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio, All Things Mississippi. an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio.